0: In the meantime, just head over to Patreon.com slash The Files. It's free to join Patreon to get a preview and you can upgrade anytime. That's Patreon.com slash The Help us start something special. Rainmaker FM. Hey there and welcome back to The Writer Files. I'm your host, Kelton Reed, here to take you on another tour of the habits, habitats, and brands of renowned writers. And this week, I'm bringing back a fan favorite from the archives, the multiple New York Times bestselling nonfiction author and New Yorker columnist Maria Konnikova dropped by the show back in early 2016 to chat with me about what it's like to be a contributing journalist for a storied institution, productivity hacks, and her own creative process. I'm updating the file because it's an insightful interview. And Maria has also been in the news recently for winning her first premier professional poker title. Sometimes truth is uh, honestly stranger than fiction. And as the story goes, reported by Poker News, over a year ago, Kanakova decided to learn the game of poker and asked the infamous Eric Seidel, winner of eight World Series of Poker Championships and a World Poker Tour title, to help mentor and coach her. Her goal was to play poker for a year, learn the game, and then write a book about it. That book was pitched as a chronicle of her year-long journey from poker neophyte to the World Series, an exploration of the balance of luck and skill in our daily lives and how we can become the best decision-makers possible. Lo and behold, the intensive one-year poker crash course helped her win her first prestige pro tournament and a cool $85,000 in early 2018. It's a crazy story and a fantastic reason to revisit our talk here and to look for her book, The Biggest Bluff, uh, when it's published in summer 2019. Her last bestseller, The Confidence Game, Why We Fall For It Every Time, examined the psychology of the con. And as Forbes described the book. One of the best science writers of our time examines the minds, motives, and methods of con artists and the people who fall for their cons. Ms. Konnikova has a PhD in psychology from Columbia University and has contributed countless articles and essays for The Atlantic, New York Times, Slate, Paris Review, A Wall Street Journal, Wired, and Scientific American to name just a few. In this file, Maria and I discuss how to avoid writer's block, why a standing desk isn't for everyone, how to simplify your research and writing process, why writing is hard, just like any other job, and the author's definition of creativity. Stay tuned. The Writer Files is brought to you by the all new StudioPress Sites, a turnkey solution that combines the ease of an all-in-one website builder with the flexible power of WordPress. It's perfect for authors, bloggers, podcasters, and affiliate marketers, as well as those selling physical products, digital downloads, and membership programs. If you're ready to take your WordPress site to the next level, see for yourself why over 200,000 website owners trust StudioPress. Go to rainmaker.fm studiopress now. That's rainmaker.fm studiopress. And if you're a fan of The Writer Files, please click subscribe to automatically see new interviews as soon as they're published. Thank you so much for joining me on The Writer Files, Maria Konnikova, author extraordinaire.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: I know that you are in the midst of uh, some very busy promotional work for your most recent uh, brilliant book, The Confidence Game. And um, I'd love to pick your brain a little bit about your process. Um, So much of kind of what you do uh, is fascinating kind of at that intersection of science and creativity and storytelling. So I'd love to dig in. Maybe for listeners who aren't kind of familiar with your uh, story, could you just give us a little bit of maybe your origin as a writer?
1: Sure. Um, So I, my origin as a writer, well, I wrote, my first play—I'm—I'm I'm really a playwright at heart. When I was, I think, ten years old, <laughs> I was—that <laughs> that I would say—is my my original origin as a writer. I think it lasted about twenty minutes, which is pretty good uh, for a fourth grader. Um, but. Honestly, um, I studied writing in college. Um, and then I worked in television. Actually, I worked for Charlie Rose for a number of years and then I transitioned to what I really wanted to be doing, which is print and kind of more in-depth feature, long form writing. And I did do both fiction and nonfiction, um, The fiction has not yet been published. The Uh nonfiction has. Um, I wrote my first book. um, Let's see, it came out in January 2013. Um, So I would have written it a few years before that or started writing it a few years Uh before that. And it was about Sherlock Holmes. And for the last two years, I've been at The New Yorker. Um, Before that, I wrote for had a column at scientific American. Um, and before that I wrote a blog for big think. Um, and I've always kind of freelanced along with all of that and have really enjoyed the process of writing books. Basically I've never stopped after my first one. I really, Mm -hmm. I loved it um, so much. I know there are lots of writers who don't actually enjoy writing books as much as they do working on shorter things. But to me, you know, the longer, the better. Um, I prefer long magazine features to shorter blog posts and I prefer books to everything.
0: Mm-hmm. That's cool. I mean, you've got just a, uh, very impressive rap sheet as a writer And this most recent book, the confidence game, why we fall for it every time is just so fascinating to me. I mean, I'm a huge fan of, um, you know kind of like david Mamet's work and mm-hmm. and ricky j and and uh but also just uh kind of the psychology of the con and uh some amazing storytelling so kudos on on the book
1: thank you i really appreciate that
0: so um your writing is just i mean you've written for so many kind of high pro- profile publications um And, uh, where else, uh, kind of can writers connect with you out there or find more of your writing?
1: Um, so unfortunately I'm not as good at keeping my website up to date as I should be. Um, I'd originally, you know, crafted a section of my website where I would post everything that I wrote. Um, and I gave up on it, um, I think over a year ago. (laughs) Um, So unfortunately, it's a little out of date. But I do post all of my pieces to Twitter, uh, where I'm M. Konnikova, and to my public Facebook page, which is just Maria Konnikova. Um, and if you want it, it, for the New Yorker pieces, um, all of those appear on my contributor bio page. Um, so you can find all of those there, but that doesn't cover the stuff that I do. That's outside of the New Yorker.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll link to all that stuff. And, um, I did, uh, recently find also your, um, piece in the New York times, the joy of psyching myself out, which I thought was pretty <laughs> cool. Um, because, you know, you talk more about, uh, that kind of intersection of, of science and storytelling and, uh, creativity. So all really amazing stuff. Um, so what are you presently working on? Are you, are you just kind of honed in on, um, promotion right now, or do you have some other pieces in the, in the works?
1: So right now I'm mostly, I am mostly working on promotion. Um, I do have some pieces that, Um, are closing now just because they've been in the works for a long time. So I have one long piece that I'm really excited about. Um, it has to do, I, I won't, I won't give it away, but it has to do with food. Um, and I got to eat some pretty delicious meals. Um, as I as I researched it. So I'm really excited for that one. Um, And I have a few pieces related to cons and to fraud coming out in the next few weeks. Um, One that we just closed for the Atlantic Monthly that will be out. um, And I guess not not this issue, but the next issue. Um, So since you know print magazines often have a much longer lead time, um, than, than online stuff. And obviously my New Yorker column hasn't gone anywhere. So, um, I'm overdue to hand in my, my next piece. (laughs) So, so there are lots of things I'm overdue on. Um, and I'm already thinking actually about, um, about ideas for my next book. So, um, I, you know, I, I, kind of thrive creatively when, when I have a lot going on. Um, and, Whereas right now, it's a little too much going on because I can't really focus um, on my writing at all. I do like to have a lot of different projects and a lot of different ideas going at any given time. Um, It really motivates me um, and makes me avoid anything resembling writer's block because there's always something I could be working on.
0: Yeah, Yeah. Earlier in the show, I mentioned an invaluable resource for writers. Truth is the arrow. Mercy is the bow a DIY manual for the construction of stories based on three decades of writing, failing, and trying again. Author Steve Almond is a beloved professor at Harvard and Wesleyan and the acclaimed New York Times bestseller of 12 books of fiction and nonfiction. And in Truth is the Arrow, Mercy is the Bow, Steve employs the radical empathy he displayed as a co-host of the Dear Sugar's podcast with Cheryl Strayed, where they explored the joys and trials of storytelling to explode myths that hold us back from writing our deepest and truest work. The book includes chapters on plot, character, and chronology, but travels far beyond the earnest intentions of most craft books. It also includes writing prompts to generate new work. Pulitzer Prize-winning author Richard Russo called it one of the best books on writing he's ever read and also the funniest. Pick up a copy of Truth is the Arrow, Mercy is the Bow, a DIY manual for the construction of stories wherever you buy books and add it to your TBR today. Help us start something cool and special. Keep calm and right on. Well, I find uh, your work to be fantastic and mastermind the best-selling uh, book regarding uh, Sherlock Holmes and that, that process uh, is fascinating and kind of dovetails, I think, that, you know mm-hmm. when you talk about the value of creativity and imagination and then um, the confidence um, and that, the psychology of the con artist. There seems to be a thread, so I'll be very interested to see what your next uh, project is. And I, I have a feeling that you'll get some interest uh, not only from cons themselves, but uh, maybe from Hollywood, which is full of cons, actually. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, But anyway, uh, I'd love to dig into your workflow a little bit. What type of uh, hardware are you using? Are you a Mac user or are you wrapping away on a, uh, like a typewriter over there? <laughs>
1: I'm a, I'm a Mac user. Um, I'd love to tell you that I have an old-fashioned typewriter that I've had forever. Um, that is simply not the case. Um, I have a laptop that travels with me everywhere I go, although at home um, I often will use a separate screen as well, depending on my setup, mm. um, just because I'm in front of a monitor all day. And I use a standing desk um, in terms of process, and I find that um, I've been doing that for a number of years now, um, and I really love it. Um, it really it works for me. I know it doesn't work for everyone, yeah. nor do I think it should. Um, I'm not a standing desk evangelist, <laughs> but, um, but I think it, it works quite nicely for me. And what else can I tell you? Um, I have a wonderful program installed on my Mac called Freedom which blocks the internet for me for as long as I tell it to. Um, And the only way to circumvent it is to restart the computer, which is one more step that I'm usually willing to take. So um, that really helps when I need to get work done um, and need to make sure that I avoid, um, that I avoid, you know, the everything that one has to avoid these days, Twitter, (laughs) Facebook, Facebook, anything there's just so much distraction always just waiting to happen
0: absolutely that's a good a good hack um do you find that you're using more traditional kind of a microsoft word or do you have some other writing programs that you like
1: it's a really good question and i've flirted with writing programs in the past but To be perfectly honest, I like Word. Um, I don't need any of the other kind of newfangled features. And I find that it's an excellent procrastination tool to say, "Ooh, let me try this new writing Mm. program. (laughs) Um, And so then instead of writing, you're figuring it all out and you're doing all this stuff. So I stick to work and I actually also do writing longhand. So I also have notebooks Um, Mm. and I often work longhand as well and then type.
0: Excellent. Excellent. Do you have any other organizational... Uh, systems that you use to keep everything together. I mean, your your work is uh, deeply researched.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's called throwing up on a page. Um, (laughs) It works incredibly well. Um, You laugh, but it actually does work incredibly well. So I always, I keep kind of um for longer things i always even actually for shorter things i keep kind of this file of stuff where when i find anything interesting you know i'll often copy and paste and i always do that by the way with references already because it saves you not just a headache but it makes it makes it very clear when something is not coming from you so that you avoid the mistake of inadvertently thinking that you phrased something beautifully when someone else actually did that (laughs) for you. Um, So I keep all of my ideas there and I keep all of the kind of research links and I create research folders when I'm researching different topics um, that will have like all the papers and references and things like that. Um, And then I don't, I don't really know at that stage what the piece is going to look like. It's just anything that might be interesting, any points that might be interesting, any, any kind of strings of thought that arise as I look at something. I used to not always write those down because I think, oh, I'll have the same association when I look at it again. And sometimes you don't. So now I just write everything down. And so it's my kind of just, you know, throw up on the page, approach and then, and then things start actually coming out at you. So I start moving things around, deleting stuff, um, adding stuff and somehow or other, the piece emerges. Um, I don't usually go into it with knowing kind of what the structure is going to be.
0: Hmm. That's interesting to me because it your work seems so, um, brilliant, brilliantly structured. Wow. Um, but it, it's great. I mean, it, it feels like, um, you're really leading the reader to some pretty fascinating conclusions. So, well, well, I think I let
1: them go on the journey that I take to, to reach those conclusions. So uh, that's why the material kind of suggests the structure to me.
0: Sure, sure. Um, and that's a, that's a really cool process. So, you interviewed quite a few actual cons and victims of cons. Are you using a, uh, also a voice recorder?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I have a voice recorder that I always travel with. And I actually find that the iPhone is a great backup mm. um, in case you need it. Although it's malfunctioned on me a few times in the past. So I never rely on it now. Um, when it said that it was recording, and then there's <laughs> apparently some bug that's happened to other people. Then when you hit save, um, it recorded the first two minutes of a two hour long conversation. And the rest is isn't there, um, so so that that can be problematic. But yeah, between the two of those, um, I keep I try to keep records of everything. Sometimes you can't record a conversation, and then I take furious notes. Uh-huh. Um, I try to take notes anyway, um, just because it's very helpful later on. And then I keep a file with all the interviews. I always try to label them very carefully um, with dates and phone numbers and any contact information because um, especially for the New Yorker, you know, everything's going to go to fact checkers. So it's going to save you a lot of headaches later on if everything is just done in advance, um, even though it might seem like a few extra steps. Um, And it's actually just good, good journalistic practice.
0: Absolutely. So when you when you sit down to get into the, the work itself, are you giving yourself a word count? or, um, a certain number of hours? Do you schedule your writing?
1: Um, yes and no. So I don't have a word count. Um, I'm not like Hemingway who had to hit a certain number of words a day. I do schedule time where nothing can interrupt me. So, so I have, I actually put on my calendar, You know, writing, it appears as a separate thing for chunks of time because um, it takes me a while to get kind of into the flow and I really. Um, if I get distracted, or if if someone interrupts me, or if I have a phone call in the middle there, um, it can be really problematic. So I try to really chunk things together. So for instance, if I have to do a lot of interviews, I try to do them all on the same day. Because mm. even if I have you know a morning free, but then I have an interview at two, I find myself anticipating that two o'clock interview and not being as productive because I know that I'm going to be interrupted. And that knowledge of that interview sitting there at two o'clock can mess up the rest of the day. Um, so I try to schedule things as close together as possible. I try to not be kind of out of the, out of the office, um, so to speak for, you know, multiple days in a row, if I possibly can, and to schedule everything that I have to do outside on the same day. Um, and that really helps me because I like to know that I just have dedicated time where, I can get what I need to done because sometimes, you know, my mind wanders and that's okay. And (laughs) that's, that's actually, it can be very productive, but sometimes it'll take me much longer to write something relatively simple. And other times I can just knock it out in a few hours. So it really depends, but you want to make sure that you give yourself that time. So that's kind of, that's the way that I approach it. And the only thing I will say in terms of in terms of structuring the day um, is I always try to get stuff done in the morning because it makes me feel more productive and then it makes me more productive for the rest of the day. Yeah. Um, and I do try to avoid social media um, when I'm writing and when I'm really focused on other things. <laughs> so I will often like pre-schedule tweets for
0: instance yeah, um, yeah,
1: and do things so that I'm still present, but I can be absent.
0: Um. I've completely skipped over uh, a couple of questions I did want to ask you do you do you like to listen to music while you write or do you prefer silence?
1: No silence, silence. Um, I can I can do silence and I can do cafes where' background noise um, I can do music that's background noise but most music you you kind of listen to it and I find that that really does divide your attention um, and I like hearing the words that I'm writing in my head I think that's very helpful hmm. um, and music can really, influence how you write. Um, so sometimes that's a good thing, but not always.
0: Well, here's the million dollar question. Uh, do you believe in writer's block?
1: <laughs> um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna psych myself out, aren't I? No, I don't. Um, I, I don't think that there is such a thing. There's, there's what people I think mistake stake for writer's block is a lack of immediate inspiration and, you know, you can slog through those periods and they might be long where you're not really inspired, but you can still write. I feel like if you don't know what you're writing and you're not feeling inspired and you feel blocked, you just need to write. Just write anything. Just start writing. And eventually you'll write something worth keeping. And if you throw out, you know, dozens of pages in the interim that's fine that's not a big deal and it's not a waste of time because you write through the block so you're never actually blocked I think that's the way you unblock yourself and so if writing is the way to unblock yourself from writer's block well then there's really no writer's block because you keep writing the whole time Um, I think a lot of people think that they can only write when they're inspired or when they're feeling the muse Um, and I don't think you can approach writing that way I love what I do. I feel incredibly lucky to be able to do it and to be able to make a living doing it. And I worry every single day that I won't be able to make a living doing it one day that our industry will change and that, you know, I'll have to try to do something else. And I don't know what that will be, Mm -hmm. but it's a job. I mean, and I think people need to realize that it's also really hard work. Um, and so, you know, and so you, it's like with any job. Are other professions allowed? Is a doctor allowed to say, you know, I'm not feeling inspired today. <laughs> I'm not going to come in. So I think I think you have to you have to realize that, and you have to slog through it, even when you're not really feeling not when you're not really feeling it.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna have to use that. Do doctors get doctors block? <laughs> <laughs> Little who they don't. Maybe they do. Well, I'd love to pick your brain about creativity, especially kind of to wrap up at least the second part of this interview. I I just want to ask you how you personally define creativity, because you you talk about it in so many places, kind of the value of creativity and imagination and and, in mastermind and and, you know, clearly in the confidence game, there's quite a bit um, of creativity involved in the con itself. How do you personally define it?
1: I define it as the merging together of ideas in non-traditional or unexpected or novel or somehow different ways. Um, And these can be any sorts of ideas. You know, it can be ideas from two different disciplines. They can be ideas from the same thing. It can be one idea, but you're you're merging it with a different kind of concept or you're, you're phrasing it in a new way. It's create. I mean, I think it, it's from creating, right? You're creating something that didn't exist before that doesn't exist in the world before you create it. To me, that's, that's what creativity is about.
0: What do you think? What do you think makes a writer great?
1: <laughs> I wish, I wish I knew. Um, that would be the, that's the million dollar question. Um, I think that some of the skills of writing can be taught. Others can't. Um, and I think it's, I mean, what makes a writer, I, I don't know how to become a great writer. I think what makes a writer great when you read a writer and you say, this is a great writer is a writer with whom you kind of you forget everything else. they, the way that they tell a story, you can, you can be reading, you know, a 20 page article and it feels like it's two pages long. It doesn't Mm -hmm. feel like a slog. Um, It really is something that you want to keep reading and that you read it and you say, wow. And it can be for different reasons. You know, I don't think great writers need to all be great stylists. Um, I don't think they all need to have particularly, you know original ideas but i think they all have that storytelling ability in common.
0: Hmm. Do you have a couple of favorites right now? Anyone uh, that you're kind of stuck on?
1: Um you know it really it really depends. Um i the 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 phrase right now <laughs> um to me is a little is a little difficult to deal with because my favorite books, I'm a big fan of rereading. So, you know, I, I read Auden all the time. And I always have a book of Auden's poems by the bed. Um, he's one of my favorites, by the way, his prose as well as his poetry. Um, so he's always one of my favorites right now. And I feel that way about a lot of the writers that inspire me. Um, and that, you know, from whom I derive my creative energy, i like to keep reading them. And I actually don't, um, don't necessarily I, I don't have favorites whom I then discard. I'm of the school that if you're not enjoying a book, you just stop reading it. Mm-hmm. And if you are enjoying it, I really don't care if someone thinks, oh, why are you reading that? It's not serious literature. <laughs> if you're enjoying it, it's great and it's inspiring and it's something that that keeps you going. Um, so I can, I can certainly name some writers um, who – I I really like, um, if we're talking about, or who inspire me, if we're talking about nonfiction, um, one of my fellow writers at the New Yorker, Patrick Radden Keefe, I think is absolutely brilliant. I will read anything he writes. Um, and I think that he's one of the great storytellers. That we have not just at the magazine, but in general, um, others seem to agree. He was just nominated for a national magazine award, so it was very, it was very happy to see that. Someone like Austin Kleon, he writes something totally different, but he's such a creative inspiration. The way that he plays with different mediums, with different ideas, yeah. um, I think it, it's a really, it's a beautiful thing to watch, and it's something that is always creatively inspiring. Um, in fiction, you know, I would never be afraid to say that I actually am a huge fan of Elena Ferrante. Um, I know everyone likes her and so I didn't want to like it sort of (laughs) part of me, you know, part of me doesn't want to like what everyone else likes, but I, I really, really loved, um, her novels and found that I'd made kind of a new favorite. It really reminded me of a book that I loved in childhood, um, which was a similar kind of coming of age story, um, of a young girl, but in, in, in Soviet Russia. So a very, um, a very different time. But I think that that, I think that that should kind of give you a sense of the different, the different types of things that I love. You know, Michael Lewis, brilliant nonfiction writer, someone who, I, who I love looking at and thinking, okay, how does he do what he do, what he does and how can I do that? Um, so there, I think I could, and I could go on and on. I think there's no shortage of really amazing writers, both in fiction and nonfiction working today.
0: Well, I love the quote that you, um, used in your New York times piece the Chekhov quote, a writer must be as objective as a chemist. Do you <laughs> And you, you have so many great quotes in your work. Do you have, do you have one other favorite kind of hanging over your desk somewhere that you, that you go back to?
1: Um, I don't actually, but there are, I think a lot of quotes that always, uh, that always inspire me. Um, I can't right now off the top of my head, I can't think of one that I always go back to and say, you know, this is this is the quote but a lot of times i'll go back um to you know one of my favorite resources for writers which is the paris review interviews you know Mm -hmm. when they published that multi-volume um work of interviews going back on writing um through from the beginning of the magazine if you're looking for you know inspiration about writing um that's a wonderful place to start
0: absolutely those are a really really great resource Maria, thank you so much for joining me on The Writer Files. I know that you are a very busy lady, so I'm not going to take any more of your time. The Confidence Game, um, Why We Fall For It Every Time, is a, an amazing book, chock full of just uh, fantastic stories about the psychology of the con. And um, congratulations on that one because it's, uh, it's really, really getting a lot of amazing praise. Where else uh, can writers connect with you out there in the world?
1: I think the best place is probably on Twitter. And I'm at M Konnikova. I'm also on Facebook. I have a public page at Maria Konnikova. Um, And I have a website, which is mariakonnikova.com. But as I've already told you, um, and admitted to, um, I'm pretty bad at keeping it updated. (laughs)
0: Well, we won't fault you for that because um, the work speaks for itself and it's clearly uh, taking uh, quite a bit of your time. So thank you very much for sharing with us and best of luck in all your endeavors.
1: Thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure.
0: Cheers. Thanks so much for joining me on another tour of the writer's process. If you enjoy the Writer Files podcast, please subscribe to the show and leave us a rating or review to help other writers find us. For more episodes or to leave a comment or question, you can drop by writerfiles.fm and you can always chat with me on Twitter at Kelton Reed. Cheers, talk to you soon.